I know there are a lot of people who heard the announcement earlier this week. I've had a few days to start to process, but uh, yeah, I'm just here with the hearts. For those of you, maybe this comes as a shock. Something really unexpected. And there's even fewer of us that kind of, you know, knew that perhaps this was on the horizon, that the Holy Spirit was leading Jesse into a new season sooner than later. But of course, for many of you who maybe even heard the announcement this week, it may have come as a complete shock. So, yeah, I just want to reiterate what, what Marg was saying and that the Holy Spirit has been leading Jesse um, in this time. Jesse has been so just attuned to what the Lord has been doing in his life, which means that, of course, the Lord has already gone before us. He knows what he's doing in the life of Junction Church, which we hope that Jesse and Marie will still be a part of. Um, and, um, and so, of course, he has good, good plans for all. Um, I came here to Junction about, I forget if it was 2015 or 2016, um, but what I do remember is that it was a time when my heart needed a refuge. There was some really painful stuff happening in our family and my heart was tired, it was hurting, it needed a place it could rest, it needed a place where I could just be and I found myself here, don't ask me how or why, but God knows. I found myself here, and I knew right from the beginning, oh yeah, this is a place where my heart can rest. This is a place where I could just be, where I am received, where I am accepted, where I didn't have to come and do, even though I like to do, I'm a bit of a doer, feels good to do, but I could just come here and be. I remember just the uh, the culture just the the atmosphere here and you know when i spoke with marie for the first time jesse's wife and i could just see it like it was just so obvious you're welcome here you're welcome here come and be come and be loved come connect with jesus come grow here come enjoy here come be one with jesus and and the church um that is the legacy. You know, God brought Jesse and Marie here 18 years ago. God did that. They didn't do that. God did that because he has such good plans. And he knew who would be the right couple that could come and create the foundation that he had in store, that he was planning, that he was already intending for here for Junction Church. And he worked through them over the years to create this wonderful atmosphere that we all get to enjoy and love and be loved in. Um, this week, I couldn't help but start to think of a... And Jesse was an he's an extremely gifted speaker. One of the best. One of the, and I used to live in the Bible Belt. Like, I've seen a lot of preachers. <laughs> and, I, you know, and I have the internet. I've seen a lot of preachers. <laughs> Um, Jesse was an amazing preacher, and he, he brought to us week after week, you know, meat and potatoes, like good, pure spiritual food that we could um, really feed off of and grow from. And I can help but start to think of a few, few things that he said, a few things that's kind of like really stuck with me. And um, one of the things I really loved, um, I remember like, because Jesse, he was really good. The Lord was really good at just speaking through him and keeping us really, really focused. And ultimately, why we're here, who we are, whose we are, what this is all about. And it's all about Jesus. It is all about loving God, 
being loved by him and loving each other. We've got it on the wall. It's really clear. Like our, our, our MO, if anyone's here for the first time or doesn't know this place and they're wondering, what are you all about? What kind of institution is this? Well, let me tell you about how complicated our, you know, <laughs> what our standards and what we're living by. It's right there. We love Jesus and we love each other. And from there we grow. We grow up in him and we bear fruit. It's super simple. If you ever, if you ever forget, it's right there. And Jesse was really, really good at, you know, di- you know, week in and week out delivering sermons that kept us focused on, on the word, receiving the word of God, who is Jesus, the way, the truth, the life, keeping us grafted in him, and, um, and staying focused and ultimately while we're here. Because it could be easy to be distracted. So easy to get distracted with all the other things of this world. So uh, three things kind of jumped to mind. Um, I remember Jesse once giving this really great analogy of like a spaghetti strainer. Anybody remember that sermon? A spaghetti strainer? And it was like the strainer was, was that, that commandment that Jesus left us with. Love me, love God, and love each other. And everything gets strained through that. Everything gets strained through that. So that all the, the just the, the useless water, the, the dirty water, the, you know, the leftover stuff that you don't want, just, it just goes right through, down, down the drain, and it holds the good stuff. It holds the spaghetti. It holds the golden nuggets if you're panning for gold. It, you know, that's the strainer through, through everything. And so I just bless us. I bless the SLT. I bless all the leadership here. I bless me and you as we go forward in this transition. That's, that's, that's it. That's, that's the marker. That's the decision maker. That's, everything gets strained through that. Okay. Is this loving God? Is this loving each other? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're, we're on track. We're on track with what we think we're hearing the Holy Spirit say. Another thing that came to mind was um, Jesse was really gifted at being able to take super complicated and controversial issues. The stuff that churches fight over, the stuff that brings animosity between, you know, God's people and, and, and those who don't know if they want to know Jesus yet. And, and he, would, he would just kind of be able to bring sort of like a really full, balanced perspective, um, help us kind of all, see, first of all, see that, wow, there's a lot of different people in the world, even within like, you know, the, you know, the followers of Christ. So many different churches and denominations and branches and approaches and understandings. And he helped us understand that, you know, there's just so many, there's full spectrums of ways of understanding things and knowing things. Um, you know, theology can be very complicated, um, looking at, you know, context and history and translation. Whew. And Jesse did a great job at being able to take really controversial issues and bring peace in helping us understand that there's a lot that we don't know. <laughs> there's a whole perspective that sometimes we need to take in and try to, to chew on before drawing any hard conclusions. And always, always brought us back to understanding that this is all about loving Jesus and loving each other. And don't get caught up in all the other stuff that we don't really maybe even know or understand yet. And finally, there's just one, this one picture that um, kind of sticks in my mind when Jesse was talking about the oneness that we have with the Father. The oneness we have with the triune God, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit. 
the intimacy, the, the zero separation, that because of what Jesus did on the cross, like, like Mark said, there's no more veil. I will do a sermon. That's one of my favorite things. There was a real, real quick. Um, okay, before Jesus died, there, you know, the presence of God, um, it, it was, you know, in Jerusalem, in, uh, Jerusalem, in, in the temple, there's a place called the Holy of Holies where there was, where the presence of God was, and only the, the high priest could go in there once a year to make a sacrifice. It was, it was limited to only, you know, one person once a year, the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God was, and it was surrounded by this thick, thick, thick curtain that um, was pretty much impenetrable. And you know when Jesus died on the cross? Do you know that that massive curtain tore in half from top to bottom that was literally God's way of saying everybody come on in there's no more separation between me and you my presence in you you in me me in you and Jesse continually brought us the message to help us understand the intimacy that we have with the father we, he is our friend he is our father we are his children okay so the picture that he gave me was um, he had I don't know why he did this, but he just had like uh, a chair and he had, you know, this uh, one of his friends in the congregation come sit in the chair and then he basically said, this is how close we are to the father. And he just sat on the guy's lap <laughs> and it was just like Jesse and this big guy, like just sitting in this chair, Jesse on this guy's lap. And, and that just like stuck with me to show me just like how close we, we are, the intimacy that we have. So anyway, I just, um, I just so thankful um, you know, Marg mentioned that she acknowledged that obviously there's probably a lot of a lot of grief that one might be feeling um, over the news of knowing that like Jesse um, not going to be our pastor anymore. And you know, in uh, in counseling, we have something called a dialectic, which is um, it is the fact that there's two seemingly opposing things or two seemingly opposing emotions that we feel at the same time, that seem kind of contradictory, but yet it's true for us. So I don't know about you, but right, right now I, I genuinely feel like I feel sad. I do feel like grief. I, I feel sad um, because there was, as Mark says, something very, very good that happened. You know, Jesse Marie, we were so blessed to have them. It was such a good experience. It was. We're so blessed as a church to, to have such wonderful pastors. So I'm really, really sad. I'm also, at the same time, so thankful. I'm so thankful that, because Jesse's my brother. He's my bro, like he's my homie. So I'm so thankful that, that God is leading him. You know, God has special plans for him too, just like he has for each of us. So I'm thankful that the Lord is unfolding, you know, this new season for, for Jesse. Um, he obviously has wonderful plans for him. Um, I'm thankful that we had, you know, what we had in him as a pastor and always have him as brother. Um, I'm thankful that God's got us. I'm thankful that God's got us. God provides he goes before us, and he provides down to the final detail. He brought them. I, you know, when I look at the worship team up here, I think, wow. And like all the members of the worship team, you know, we have kind of multiple groups. 
when I first started coming here in 2015, 2016, um, Danielle and Troy, they were like them and like a few others, there was kind of like one team and they were here like ev every Sunday, just faithfully, every Sunday. Um, you know, God, God sustained them. Um, one day, you know, an amazingly gifted worship leader started attending our church. Years of experience, incredibly gifted. And she was just here, you know, and, and a few weeks later, Danielle and Troy had to go to Kelowna for a few months because of um, some complications with the birth of their new baby. Well, guess what? God had already provided. And then, so they had to, they had to run off, and God's like, I got you. And here Anastasia steps in. We're talking about someone who used to do worship with Bethel Church down in Redding, California, okay? God provides. Um, hi, Tasha. Where are you, girl? Tantamara. Like, when you get to know Tasha, you'll find out God provides very well. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, and here, here is, he's gone before us. You know, and we still have, and you know, our ministry here is growing. We have lots of worship leaders. Um, thank you, God. You provide. You go before us. So good. This is all by Him, and through Him, and in Him. It is Him. And so, my little my little talk today. That hasn't started yet. That was just something I'm like, oh, I want to I honor Jesse before I start. <laughs> so that just happened. But um, <laughs> God wants to ensure that all of our eyes and all of our hearts are fixed on the maker, on the creator of heaven and earth and Junction Church. Let us not go astray. I'm going to read through Psalm 16 in a second here. And I'm going to read it in such a way that emphasizes the one who gives us breath, the one who is the center, the one who is our sustainer. And, and I welcome you to read it with me if you want to read it aloud, read it to yourself if you want to, or just receive it as I read it. Um, this is the word of God. This is what separates bone from marrow. This is the truth that distinguishes our enemies. This is the word of God, so let's just indulge in it together and take it in. Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good besides you. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who have bartered for another god will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. Oh, the Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. I will bless 
the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs, instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, to death, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Listen to what the Lord is saying to us today. He's got this. I read a little commentary on Psalm 16, and one comment made in regards to verse 11, what we just read there. I'm just going to read that again. This is kind of central for, for this talk today. You will make known to me the path of life. The path of life. I like that. In your presence is fullness of joy, and in your right hand, pleasures forevermore. That sounds pretty good. What a good God that we serve. Woo! <clears throat> this commentary said, the source of life and security is the creator of life. So the psalmist, that's David, who's the psalmist who wrote that, speaks of the divine presence, therefore, as the place that is most desired, that gives fullness of joy. The creator of life, him himself. This is how I want my heart to be. This is how I know our hearts can be. He says, this is how your heart can be all the time in me. In this world, we will have trouble. It is true. Chaos all around. <laughs> but even though we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, where there may be death all around. He says, we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear any evil. Because he is with us. There's, that's the reason. That's why. It's that simple. He is with us. Psalm 23, 4a, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. And I know in my, I always know in my head that that is mine. That is mine. That is my inheritance. But I'm human, just like you. And uh, sometimes I don't necessarily always feel that way. Um, just going to skip that here. Often, <laughs> I find myself, my heart feels like this. I know in my head. I don't need to fear any evil. And in those moments when I really connect with Jesus, when I'm really just centered and fixed on him, my heart is in that place of peace as well. Oh, yeah, and it's just brilliant. It's gold. Wow. But as if anyone knows me, you know, 
let me just say I'm a counselor because I can empathize with those who struggle with mental health. <laughs> I know what it's like to feel anxious. Oh boy, I do. When my mind gets fixed on the things around me, oh my gosh, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh. But Jesus, oh, but Jesus, he says right here, right here, I am with you right here. And in that place, we have the peace that he gives us. Maybe I'll go back to that slide then. So in, I'm going to do an extreme summary of John 16. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's telling them that, he, that when he leaves, so after he dies, resurrects, ascends, the Holy Spirit is going to come, his presence in us. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. He will take of mine and disclose it to you. No one could ever take your joy away from you. You can ask for anything. The Father himself loves you because you have believed. That's an extreme summary of, of John 16. And Jesus says that he, he's telling them these things so that in him, and he is, of course, the way, the truth, and the life, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Don't we know it? But take heart. He has overcome the world. He has overcome the world. Let's just get through that. Let's put our focus back on him. In his presence is fullness of joy. I don't know about you, but when I really think about all, all the things that I find myself pursuing, hoping for, desiring, asking for, and I've asked myself why. Why do I want that? Why do I want it to be like that? What am I really aiming for after all of it? Joy, peace. If I have that, which is in him, I actually have everything. I actually have everything. I realize, well, if I have that, it's like it doesn't even really matter about any other stuff because that's really what I'm aiming for at the end of the day. That is what the world is chasing. At the end of the day, we might tell ourselves, well, I want more, you know, more money or more beauty or more you know, prestige or more options or more luxury or more this or that or the other thing. And, and there's a lot of really cool goals out there that, that God himself has placed in our heart to pursue. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, I, you know, especially when, maybe when I find myself worrying or anxious about something, it's because ultimately I'm, I'm just wanting that joy and that peace that is found in him right now in every moment when we can simply connect. So how do we connect with him? The one in whose presence is fullness of joy, the one in whose right hand is pleasures forever. How do we connect? Well, first of all, may I suggest that it is so important for us to know, and this is a head thing, I mean, we connect through the heart, but it's so important for us to at least know the fact, the truth, that he is always with you. He is always with us. He does not leave us nor forsake us. Again, the cross, what Jesus Christ did. We can bank on that. So that's the first thing we need to absolutely know because if we start questioning that, then that's going to be our first barrier to connecting with him. So we know he is there, right here. Christ in us. 
The heart is the hope of glory. That's the great secret and mystery of the gospel. Jesus Christ in us, so he's there. Just because we may not feel him sometimes doesn't mean he's not there. That's because of, you know, all the stuff we got going on. Okay, pray. What is prayer? It's just hanging out with Jesus, talking to Jesus the way you would any other being, but even better, the one who is an incredible listener, the one who incredibly cares, who knows, and usually has some really wonderful counsel to say to you. Pray, talk, share with him, ask, pour your heart out, pour your heart out, listen, receive, interact. Paul says, pray without ceasing all the time. I mean, my goodness, yes, I cannot emphasize enough like just the, the value that comes from getting into your little prayer closet, carving out some, some dedicated time and space every day to, to connect without any distraction, just in an intentional way with your maker, with the lover of your soul. Pray. But don't let it stop after that 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 60 minutes, whatever is over. Keep talking to him. Keep saying, hey, Jesus, keep talking to me. I want to keep hearing what you're saying. You know what? In some really, really, really busy times in my life, probably one of the busiest being when I built a house. I don't recommend that unless you do that completely with the Holy Spirit on your shoulder, in your heart, on your side. But when I built a house and I was overwhelmed, often my prayers, and, and I knew I had just like a list of things I had to do and to you know, be on top of and follow up with and check on. Often my prayer throughout the whole day, well, I guess there's two, but the main one was just, okay, what next, Lord? Okay, what next, Lord? Okay, what next, Lord? <laughs> just like minute to minute. And then also just help, Lord. <laughs> help, Lord. <laughs> help Lord. That was my prayer life for about a year. It was really fancy. Um, just pray. Okay. Read the word. How to connect with him? Read the word of God. Wow. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind and it's right here. Okay. So this is kind of cool. Um, I like when God does things... Um, like a few times in a row, just to really get your attention. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, okay, I'm listening. You did that like three times, like today. <laughs> okay, so um, yesterday morning, just like flipped open my Bible randomly, and it was like Revelations, and 1921 jumped out at me, and it talked about how Jesus Christ destroyed his enemies by way of a sword that came out of his mouth. <laughs> the sword. The word of God. The word of God. Destroyed his enemies. One, one of the biggest enemies in this world, one of the biggest enemies that we have, one of the biggest enemies my clients have, lies. Lies. Deception. Satan, he is absolutely powerless, but he has lies, and as soon as we believe them, that's where we lose our power, and that's where he gains his. So, lies. That is what causes so much deception, chaos, destruction, all of the stuff that's, that kills, destroys, and steals. Lies. And what, that's the biggest enemy you'll have. And what will destroy that enemy? The sword of God, the word of God. 
the truth. The truth, because it's Jesus Christ. And that's how he destroys his enemy as well, by his word, the sword that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> okay, so I read this, you know, yesterday morning, and it's already like hitting me, and like, wow, that's cool. Yesterday evening, I was sitting on the couch, kind of bored, and I saw this book that I hadn't picked up in a long time, so I just like cracked it open. Revelation 1921. Okay, God, I'm listening. <laughs> This morning, someone randomly sent me a video of somebody who had this vision, this prophecy of the end times. It's Jesus Christ destroying his enemies with the sword that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> okay. Can we just start reading the word of God? <laughs> Getting it into us? Um, sometimes I have, had, I have had one verse in times in my life that is just one verse alone that has carried me through like a years of like a particular season. I remember one of the scariest things I did um, for me, I don't know why, but it was just so scary. I um, was going to get my undergraduate degree in psychology. I was afraid of doing it for so many reasons. And um, I remember, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit was just leading me to do it and to do it and go for it and go for it. And finally, um, Finally, I just like, I got on the floor face down. I said, God, I will do it, but I, like, I need your help. I am just terrified to go and do this degree. And he just, he showed me in his word, Psalm, um, sorry, Proverbs 12, um, 11, 12, Pro Proverbs, nope, I'm butchering it. <laughs> Proverbs 4, 11 and 12. Anyway, it said, I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you on upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded, and if you want to run, you will not stumble. And that was a verse for me, and he knew exactly what my heart needed, and it was that verse that I went to every day, and it carried me through my undergraduate degree, and when I accomplished that, I felt like I could do anything, and then he brought it up again when it was time to do my master's. That is how powerful the word of God is. One verse. One verse. Um, read the word of God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Worship. Oh, I don't know about you, but when I put on worship music, it brings me right, right into the truth, right into his presence. Things just start to melt away. I'm so thankful for worship leaders, for people who share their gifts and talents through music and song. Worship. Throw on some worship music. Sing some worship songs. Come to, sh come to church and worship. Just put on those worship songs that, that sing the word of God. That bring us back to the heart of it all, which is Jesus. Give thanks. Gratitude so I give this as one of the primary exercises for my clients, believe it or not. Because when we give thanks, when we give God gratitude, when we just are even just thankful to putting it out there, you know, being thankful for life or whatever, it, we start to intentionally get in touch with something that is true and something that is present, something that really is. It brings us out of these places that don't even exist, which are usually these catastrophic places that don't even exist, that our mind is living in. And it brings us right into what is true and what is right here, right now. 
And when we think God, when we give God thanks, we are able to get in touch intentionally with his presence right here, right now. I highly recommend, if you haven't gone into this um, discipline, to, love it. If you haven't gone into this discipline, I, I, I highly recommend um, starting a daily practice of gratitude. Even if it's just starting with, you know, um, you know, three things you're thankful for. Writing it down is a great idea because when we write, we think. We have to think really intentionally. You can't just be like, yeah, I kind of was like a little thankful about that and blah, blah. Just like when we write, it's like, okay, this is exactly what I'm thankful for. And we have to complete a thought. Um, if you're able to just do it verbally or on your own, that's great too, but just give thanks. I, I highly encourage you to start your day with, thank you, Jesus, because he brings you into the, the potential of the wonderful gifts or the wonderful gifts that he has planned for you that day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How to connect with him, church. He designed us to be a part of a body. Each one of us has something to give, and from all of us, we receive huge. Come to church. Be connected with each other. Um, in isolation, uh, we suffer. We thrive when we're together. We thrive when we're together, loving each other, loving Jesus and loving each other. Come and connect together. Um, love him, obey him, and love one another. We will, we will connect with God as we love one another in Christ. I'm just going to read uh, John 15, 1 to 17. I, I think this passage actually kind of captures all of this quite well. This is Jesus talking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off the branches in me, that bear no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, that it will bear even more fruit. That fruit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I like when he says stuff like that, because when I hear that, I hear, okay, apart from me, you could, I, I could do nothing apart from you. Do you know that that means that we could do everything in him? We can do all things in him. Woo. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. This isn't some threat. It doesn't say, oh, you better remain in me, or else you're going to, you know, you get thrown into the fire. It's just a fact. It's just he's giving us information. When we stay grafted into the vine, into the Father, into the source of life, we blossom. You know, when we separate ourselves, just like a branch that gets cut off, like it, it withers. It doesn't bear fruit. It needs to be plugged into the vine. It's just information. 
If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He's all about joy. He's just all about joy. Like, what an incredible God we serve. Like, I, where else do you even hear that? You know, we're doing all this for joy. Like, show me an institution, an organization, another, you know, some God, some, you know, like, so that my joy may be in you. Oh, he's so above all things. He's just so above all things. What a, what a wonderful father. You just want me to have joy and peace. <laughs> okay, I'm signing up. Um, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Of course, Jesus exemplified that by laying his life down for us. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from you, my father, from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. It goes on and on. He's welcoming us into the family business. He's saying, come, be one with me. Come, let me lead you. Come, follow what I'm placing on your heart to do. Because he gives us a sense of accomplishment and work. He designed us to, to need to have things that give us purpose and accomplishment and work. And so he says, like, follow me, like, obey me. Um, I've got good plans for you. You know what? Sometimes, even with all this, I still can't feel like I connect with him. <laughs> Sometimes, just like an infant that cannot be comforted, <laughs> my spirit is so overwhelmed within me. Sometimes I don't feel it. But you know what? Even when your spirit is overwhelmed within you, he still knows your path. Even though you might be wondering, what's going to happen now here at Junction? I have no answers. That's okay. He knows our path, always has, always will. In fact, I wonder if there's something to the fact that we didn't get, you know, that, that God said to Jesse, now. Sometimes when we get too much notice, we start to make our own plans. Maybe God has us exactly where he wants us. Where we go, I don't know, wasn't expecting this, couldn't plan. He's like, perfect. Now I could just unfold my plans. And by the way, this verse, the reason why it actually came to my heart, it, it comes to my heart often, is because a few years ago, Jesse posted it online randomly. He doesn't, he, as you know, he, he never posts stuff on social media. He's not a big social media guy. But one day he posted this, just this verse. I thought, hmm, it really stuck with me. 
when Jesus was going to the cross, he wasn't focused, you know, so much on the suffering and the cross and all that. He was focused on the resurrection. It was for the joy set before him. He went to the cross. He endured the cross because he knew what was past and after the cross. He knew what was going to happen and what that would mean for all of us. He knew what overcoming the world would mean. That his family was about to grow big time. And so he encourages us to do the same. He says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. By the way, I wrote this sermon a few weeks ago. And isn't that interesting that Jesse, in his announcement, put that very verse, fix your eyes on Jesus. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith. Who's the author and perfecter of all this? Me? You? Is it Jesse? Nope. It's Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the one who has already written it all. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I tell you, when I have everything, it's because I'm in his presence. The first time I really, really experienced that was about 1999. I was at Bible college, and I decided that instead of eating lunch, I just wanted more of him. So I skipped lunch, I sat myself under a tree, and I said, here I am, and I opened his word, and I experienced a rush of his presence that filled me and covered me and enveloped me like I had never experienced before. And in that moment, it was actually probably the first time then when I realized and I experienced that I had everything. I had everything I could ever possibly want or imagine or ask for and more. Nothing else mattered. Everything else just faded away. His presence. I will show to you the path of life. In my presence is fullness of joy. In my right hand are pleasures forever. I want to wrap up today, um, actually, by engaging in one of those things that helps us to engage in his presence, and that is prayer. In Philippians 4, 6-7, we're encouraged to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, see it's all, see one verse, how all the little golden nuggets in there? Pray, give thanks, make your requests be made to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses our understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So I first want you to just do something. I'm going to run us through a little exercise that I just want you to do in your own mind first just to kind of prepare us a little bit and, and also just give you a chance to like sink into the goodness of God. Number one, and again, feel free to close your eyes if you want to do this, um, whatever works for you. 
Recall his faithfulness throughout your life. Those specific times and ways he blessed you, saved you, helped you, met with you, surprised you. Just let your mind wander to recalling some examples of his faithfulness throughout your life. And as I'm sure you're probably already doing, give him thanks for it. Thank him. Let your heart experience the joy of thanksgiving to the one who is so faithful. Next, I just want you to consider a very simple question. Is he not faithful and good simply because he is faithful and good? Was he not faithful and good simply because he is faithful and good? And that's important to consider because I don't want any of us getting caught in the trap of, well, that good thing happened because, well, I did this, or, you know, the circumstances fell that way, and like, but what if I'm not good anymore? And what if the circumstances don't work out? He was faithful and good because he is faithful and good. He's been faithful and good to us in this church because that is who he is and that is who he'll continue to be. Is he about to stop being faithful and good now? Is he not the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? Is he a God of shifting shadow? No. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're going to, in a couple of seconds here, take some time out together as a congregation to ask and request make some requests upon the Lord for us as a congregation. However, I just want you to take a moment because God cares about what's going on in your life very specifically too. I just want to give you a moment to pray and ask God to make your requests known to him for whatever is on your heart in your own life right now. With thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And I want you to expect that he hears you, he cares, he answers, and he moves. So I want to encourage us before we go into this time of prayer to not pray small. I mean, pray small. But don't not pray big if you want to pray big. Ask big even of the little things. I'm going to give you two little stories that I hope will encourage you in that way to show you how much God cares about the tiniest little things. And I like to be reminded of this because when God cares, when I'm reminded about how God cares about the tiniest things, then you know for sure he cares about the big things. Um, the other day, I was cleaning out my ash box. I have this big wood boiler in my house in Pass Creek. And I was cleaning out my ash box and uh, the box that I've been using to put the ashes in was done. 
it was disheveled. I've been using it for a lot of years. It had gotten like wet and it was like broken and it was no longer useful. It was time for the trash. And as I was putting it in the trash, I remember just praying just like a simple, not even like a really prayer, just, but I remember just saying to God, well, God, I guess between now and, you know, when winter comes, I'm going to have to find myself another suitable box. And I was thinking maybe I'll have to go to like, you know, I don't know, wherever they have boxes, grocery stores, liquor stores, those, that kind of thing. That same day, I was driving to my mom's place and I was on a, like a dirt road and it was really, really windy. It was like a kind of windstorm we had, I don't know, a couple weeks ago or something. <laughs> and guess what blows right into my car? A box that could not be more perfect for the height and the width that I needed. It even had three of the flaps cut off because those usually get in the way when I put the ash in and then I try to dump it, the ash gets caught under the flap. The flaps, other than one, to hold it together more surely, were already cut off. And, and I didn't even click at first. At first I'm like, oh, I gotta swerve around this box. And then I'm like, and God's like, here's your box. <laughs> like, I'm like, ah! He knows that just those things delight me to no end. God, if you care about my ash box, what don't you care about? <laughs> care about my ash box. And there's a reason why I wore this t-shirt today. Because God sees and he cares about the little things and he loves, he delights in delighting his children. He delights in delighting his children because he's a God of joy. He's a God of great abundance. Like, that's what he's saying. He's like, I'm doing all this for the fullness of your joy. What a great God. Okay, so I was at a woman's retreat uh, a few months ago out near Armstrong. And uh, the first morning, uh, we were all sitting around the tables having breakfast. And I hadn't gotten my breakfast yet. I was just sitting there with a cup of coffee. And someone commented to me, said, oh, no breakfast for you? And I said, said, well, first I have the coffee and then I do the things. And, uh, and I laugh and I go, yeah, oh, and they laugh. And I said, that's just like one of my favorite sayings. I always say that um, three years ago, three and a half years ago, I was um, finishing a, my, my practicum, like my clinical practicum for my master's out at, in Kelowna. And, um, and in one of the counseling offices, I was first introduced to that really fun quote. Like these offices were really nicely decorated with fun little quotes around. And one of the quotes there said, you know, first I have the coffee and then I do the things. And I loved doing my counseling in that office because every time I saw it, it just, it just made me laugh. It just put a smile on my face. I don't know why. I just liked it. And so here I am at the women's retreat, you know, and having my coffee. And I quoted that verse to, to woman and we laughed. Anyway, later that day, um, before one of the, like, the services started for the retreat, uh, they were giving away some door prizes. And um, they were kind of asking people, like, you know, like, whose birthday is it today? Who's the oldest? Who's here? You know, who has the youngest child? And one of them was, who came from the furthest away? And a few people said, Tamara, because they knew I drove about from four hours away. And, um, but then someone said, oh, I, I uh, actually... I came from Edmonton, so she got the prize for that, which happened to be a Bible, which I thought, great, I've got lots of Bibles. Don't need another Bible. But the person giving away the door prizes, she felt on her heart that she needed to give me a prize for being the second furthest away person. And so she pulls out this T-shirt that said, first I drink coffee, and then I do the things. <laughs> I thought, 
God, you love to delight, you delighted delighting your children. And like it fits so well. Look how, like, look how well it suits me. And, I love, and it's soft and I love it. And God knows I am not a shopper and I needed a new t-shirt too. It was like actual like basic provision as well. So um, anyway, I just want you to be encouraged. If, care, if God cares about ash boxes and like silly t-shirts, you can bet he cares about this house and his kids. So we are going to go into a time of prayer here. I want you to be encouraged to share with the Lord who loves you and who sees you and who wants you to have fullness of joy, um, to pray whatever is on your heart. Um, let's hold, um, I, I encourage you as well, if, you know, if Jesse and Marie and their family is also on your heart this time, let's just hold them up in prayer at the same time. I mean, you know, they're our brother and sister. So, um, uh, so we're, I'll, I'll open, I'm just going to encourage us to pray yeah, for whatever's in your heart regarding this church regarding this transitional time, um, you know, Jesse and his family, wh whatever. Christ lives in you, Christ lives in me. Let the Holy Spirit lead us. So, um, and then, Marg, I'll get you to close, to close up then when you feel like it's time to, to close up. Is that okay? Okay. Oh, you want me to? Okay. This is good? Okay. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you. You are a good God. You are a good God who provides. You are a good God who sees. You are our Father, our friend, our Savior, our almighty creator. So I thank you. You've already gone before us, good shepherd. We pray for your hand to be upon every step of the way in this church, over all of our leadership, the decision makers, Give them patience and ears to hear your voice as you lead. And blessings upon Jesse and his family. May they grieve well. May this transition be filled with peace and the assurance of your presence as they step into the next season you have already prepared for them. I pray this in Jesus' name. <laughs>